With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Telling it as it is, this is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. G'day and welcome. Hope you had a productive weekend. You notice I say productive? I didn't do that much, but I got a lot done and I got to catch up with my mum, which is always absolutely brilliant if you can do that. Um, lots to do today. Firstly, thank you to Chris Smith. He'll be back tomorrow here at T and T. We're going to be talking to Russell Bentley today, a military veteran. He was born in Austin, Texas. He uh, served with the US military, but finds himself over in various parts of the Ukraine at the moment, giving us some terrific insight. We'll be chatting with him again today. And of course, Tony Maddox. Oh, he's a bad, bad man. Do you remember Tony Maddox? I spoke of him last week, the man who upset the dreaded Rainbow Serpent. He has upset the Rainbow Serpent uh, for apparently building on his own property that he owns and has the title deeds to. He built a bridge over a stream because it kept washing the path away. And apparently he upset the Rainbow Serpent. And we're going to be finding out what's happening with all of that. Of course, I did give the Rainbow Serpent a right of reply. I've reached out to the Rainbow Serpent, but have yet to hear back. So I'll let you know if there are any updates in that particular instance. Now the Greens, the Greens, those mad, mad people and a couple of stories regarding them. Now, I don't, I may even agree with them on this particular thing. So hope that didn't knock you around too much. Now they're threatening to sink the ship, which is the help to buy housing scheme as the government, you know, it's been resisting its negative gearing reforms. But is this good or is this bad? Let's have a look at it. What this is, it's a scheme that was proposing to help cover up to 40% of the cost of a home. The problem is it wasn't just giving you 40%. I wouldn't have liked that either, unless they were doing it to everybody, in which case, what? who's paying for that, our grandkids? But no, it's a form of socialism with them owning that percentage of your house or a percentage of your house. And, you know, you've got to watch who you go in business with, who you go in partnership, and would you want to go in with a socialist government that advocates for that? And, of course, this is the thing. Here's our housing market. Despite the interest rates going up and up, despite inflation, house prices have gone up in general over the last two years, are currently at record prices. So what would that do? It would artificially inflate prices, and who would we be competing against? And I do mean us, the taxpayer would be competing against the taxpayer because it's our own money pushing up, artificially propping up this housing market for people that can't afford it. And the way the price comes down is when everybody can't afford it, it just free falls, it goes back. At some point, the housing market will make sense again. I don't know when that will be, probably when we get a hold of this out of control mass immigration that would help, but certainly when people just, you know, have to, uh, their mortgages, they just can't pay their mortgage anymore. And we all thought that day would have already arrived. Don't forget the last time that they met to discuss interest rates and there was no rise, they were intending to go up another quarter of a percent. They had intended to do that. So what does that say about the next time they meet to do that? Interesting. But uh, yeah, socialism. So the Greens who love free housing, they love free housing. They would all love a free house in Newtown, but not as long as you gave it to anybody that they actually really don't want to live next door. They're the biggest bigots 
the biggest hypocrites, and I mean bigger because I actually, unlike them, know the meaning of the word. They don't. Ask a green what the word bigot means. I mean, somebody who is highly intolerant of the opinions of other others, but there they are. They find themselves in areas such as, let's look at Redfern, Erskineville, Newtown. They've pushed out the Indigenous population, but there they are pushing for social housing. And of course, if all that social housing that used to be, and there used to be a hell of a lot more of it than there is now, in Redford, in Erskineville, Newtown, Marrickville, Enmore. If all that, and they're just examples because I grew up around there. They've pushed all of those people out, but there they are advocating for more free housing. And of course, the people that they want to have the free housing is fine as long as you don't put it near them and just ruin their little uh, enclave thing that they've got going on. It really is quite hypocritical, but what do you expect from the Greens? Now, speaking about the Greens and people who advocate for stupid things and who th whose mouth just runs away with them before they get a chance to think Peter Garrett. Now, the big green, <laughs> I think the big green monster jealousy has got the better of him. There he was slogging it out for years, doing his uh, dance. I always thought he was having an epileptic fit. If I had have seen him do a dance, you know, in public, I would have run up and stuck a peg on his tongue or something. But there's Peter Garrett. Now, he's having a go at Taylor Swift. And believe it or not, I half agree with him, price gouging. And it is ridiculous. I mean, just if you want to have a look, then let's face it, he himself quoted that when you went to a, a one of his own concerts, a Midnight Oil concert back in 1985, you could get a ticket for $15.90. But if you want to go and see Taylor Swift, you could be paying, if you want to be a VIP, up to $1,249.90. You can't make this up. And of course, the general admission ranging from $79.90, you would have needed an oxygen mask to sit in those seats, uh, to general reserve tickets. General reserve, they're pretty mediocre, $379.90. Now, I'm sure that he wouldn't have had a go at her for that, or nor would he uh, for her jet setting it around in her private jet. He has a problem with that, but probably, Peter, you have a problem with that because you don't have a private jet because you never got, you know, a concert where 90,000 or 80,000 people would come and then you had to have another one and another one at the same venue three nights in a row because you weren't that popular, Peter Garrett. And uh, so the big green-eyed monster has really got a hold of Peter Garrett. And Peter Garrett, when it comes to price gouging on tickets, the market sets the price. If these people weren't stupid enough to pay $1,249.90 for a VIP ticket or $379.90 for a general reserve ticket, guess what, Peter Garrett? The price would not be that high. And before you get too carried away, Peter Garrett, and take the moral high ground, what if Taylor Swift was to have a crack at you for advocating people go and put these completely unnecessary government-funded taxpayer you and I funded uh, bats up in their roof, uh, which resulted because they didn't do their, their homework and didn't have people who were adequately qualified to install them, resulted in at least one, I think it may have been like more, more than one death. So there is that, Peter Garrett, if you want to point the finger, I'm not aware of uh, Taylor Swift actually doing anything that resulted in somebody dying because they were a little bit stupid. I don't remember Taylor Swift doing that at all. Now, TNT, we're an independent global news talk station, and we do what the others only say they can do. TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no one 
does what we can do. We're crisscrossing the globe. We're providing credible news and opinion all day and night. Now, in the two and a half years the TNT has been around, we've become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff. It's critical time, and now we must continue to call out the misinformation and the propaganda from mainstream media and their powerful sponsors, and boy, haven't they got some. Uh, we are appealing to our many friends and our supporters around the world to go to the tntradio.live website and to make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors so that we may continue our important mission here at TNT Radio. Abroad or at home, this is your news. By staying silent, we are part of the problem. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, Gemma Cooper, how are you and how was your weekend? It was lovely, thank you, Dean. Yeah, but always glad to be back on the airwaves on a Monday morning. It's Monday morning early here in the UK and yeah, raring to go, as always, here on TNT. Now, I've got to ask, are you a Taylor Swift? Are you a Swifty? Are you a Taylor Swift fan? No, I mean, not because, I, you know, I haven't, well, I haven't paid attention because at my age, my interests are massively different to when I was younger and I was really into music. I mean, you know, just to sort of go off on a tangent on a Monday, but, you know, my hero for such a long time was Prince. You know, he was my go-to soundtrack to my life. And, you know, I was absolutely devastated, devastated when he died. Um, I, had to, I had to have a couple of weeks off work. That's how bad it was. I cried wow. more for Prince than I did for my dad. <laughs> That's how much he meant to me, you know. Wow. Um, but then you get older and things happen to you. And, you are you know, I'm a much more inward-looking person now rather than an outward-looking person for kind of a stimulation and meaning, you know, in my life. Um, but, I, you know, I can see the appeal. But I agree with you totally. I agree with you. This whole kind of ticket pricing thing is only because people pay. You know, the market sets the price. You're absolutely right. I did a story here um, a couple of weeks ago about record profits, HSBC Bank in the UK making record profits of mortgages and loans. Well, we're complicit in that. We take out the mortgages and the loans. If we didn't, there would be no profits for these big multinational corporations. It's the same with, with record companies setting the price for their product. And she is a product. I mean, she's a definitely a little corporate, you know, cog in the machine. And I find it interesting that she's dating this American football player, isn't she? And I think he was a massive advocate of the jab, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yes. So, did the ad for it, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you have to ask, is, are all these things intertwined? You know, and all of these people on the global stage, whether it be entertainment or politics, are all part of the same globalist agenda. Whether they realise it or not, you see, whether they realise it is another thing, whether they realise they're being played. Um, so, no, you know, but out of interest, she's massive. I would go and see one of her concerts. I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't pay. I'd have to try and <laughs> wangle a freebie via TNT or something if they'd let us through the door. Um, but yeah, you know, in terms of music, I'm I'm an 80s and 90s chick and it prints, prints all the way for me. Well, I hope she's clever enough to uh, learn, don't, you know, divide your audience because uh, the, the audience loves her. Uh, they're typically young females, but, you know, people across the board. If her song comes on the radio, I don't change radio stations. I leave it on. I started off doing country music radio and one of the first people I ever got to give an award to and who one of my mates john bond was given an award to by was taylor swift down at a thing called cmc rocks the snowies god knows oh wow a decade more almost two decades ago would have been she would have been 18 or something 17 at the time i don't know but i remember that very well and we got free concert tickets we're right up the front and if i'm honest and there's somebody who used to when he was younger host karaoke shows and who would be used to singers who aren't that terrific. It did sound like, and I'll quote myself, a bag of cats, but they do. 
and it did. It was terrible. But I don't know how she sounds live because I've never I've never been to a subsequent one of her concerts. But what goes to you know air on the radio? It's brilliantly produced. It sounds good. Whether she uses Melodyne or Auto Tune, I don't know. But she writes brilliant songs. She's got a big audience. She's making millions and probably will be a billionaire if not already. Um, so you know, I'm I'm not jealous. You know, all power to a well done to Taylor Swift. And how dare Peter Garrett? Who is tantamount to a you know a, a karaoke act? I mean, how dare he and the big green monster, the big green-eyed monster, have a go at her when he's the guy who went in politics here after his music career was behind this this bat system where because they were going to be green, they were putting uh, you know insulation bats in people's roofs. All of a sudden, all these people came out of the woodwork who wanted to install them, who weren't properly uh, properly trained, and there were some deaths, people electrocuting themselves up in roofs, and he was uh, a big part of that. So I think he's a bit hypocritical. I think he's a bit jealous, and, I mean, I don't really care. I would imagine if he could have got, you know, a $1,000 or $379 a ticket back in the 80s or, you know, even in adjusted dollars, he'd be happy to fly around in his private jet. But because he never had one, he's going to have a crack at poor Tay-Tay. Could be. Could be. I mean, what, what one of us, if we could charge $1,000 a ticket for any event we were doing, wouldn't take that money and say, fill the, fill the arena or fill the venue. You know, I, I'd love to be able to command those kind of prices. But in terms of like, I think they exploit the market. I'll get onto the story we'll talk about in a minute. But, you know, it's because of the teen demand, you know, and no parent wants to let their teenage daughter down. Um, no, no parent wants to deny their daughter the chance to go and see Taylor Swift. So you have to ask, you know, at what cost is it coming to hardworking families to kind of save up the money to take, maybe if you've got two kids, you know, and they both want to go. So that's, that's a lot of cash. You know, if you want to give your kids good seats and a good experience, that's where I think it's exploitation of the market, exploitation of people's desires. And, and also, you know, kind of there's the element of you know celebrity becoming the new religion and everyone looking to celebrities as like false gods or false idols and that's where they get their meaning for their life from and it's very ephemeral you know the washed up celebrity that you know that comes out of babylon all of those kind of false effigies you know and then you realize oh i gave my power away to something external and then it was all you know a bit of a sham as peter peter garrett's story illustrates you know, rock and roll, was it? Rock and roll, putting you know, those things in your roof, you know, it doesn't sound very rock and roll to me. So anyway, here endeth the lesson on that one. I I'm not so interested in celebrity as I was, but I'm a middle-aged woman. Why would I be, you know? Fair enough. And just very quickly, before we get your news story, uh, Jack Black, the actor, he's uh, he's quite musical. He's got a band called Tenacious D. I was going to take my son to go and see him in July um, in Newcastle, just up the road from us, you know, probably two hours drive north of Sydney. And then I realised I had to be up in Queensland the next night for a big football game. So I changed my tickets to Queensland and I had these tickets that I paid $400 for, advertised them on Facebook and started a bidding war because it was sold out, ended up getting $600 for them within five minutes of advertising them. So again, who sets the market price? The people who want to buy them, and they're quite happy to pay 300 bucks a ticket to go see their favourite artist. Anyway, I just thought I'd point that out. Uh, what have you got for us happening today, Jim? Well, a, a huge row broke out of the weekend here in the UK, and it is raging the, this morning. It's all due to a politician called Lee Anderson, who over the weekend, uh, he lost the whip uh, the Conservative Party whip. That effectively means you're expelled from the party and you have to stand as an independent. It's because of comments he made about Muslims, uh, many are saying anti-Muslim uh, and racist comments. He accused uh, Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London, uh, of giving the capital away to his mates, 
uh, making a kind of Muslim reference there. He said he didn't say the UK. He said London. He said our capital, Sadiq Khan. He's given it away to his mates. He didn't apologize for that comment. And some are saying that's why he had the whip removed, not because he said it, but because he steadfastly, absolutely refused to apologize. Rishi Sunak came out at the weekend and said due to global tensions, there's been an explosion in prejudice and anti-Semitism. But he didn't say anti-Muslim. He didn't address the comments that Mr. Anderson has made. So this morning, the Conservative Party absolutely divided in half by this. Uh, some, some people saying that there's a hierarchy of racism and Islamophobia within the Tory party, and some saying that Mr. Anderson actually reflects the mood of the country and that they've seen private WhatsApp messages that reflect this. Uh, but it, it is a huge row raging this morning. Suella Breverman, also she's made comments in the past about how Islam has, has taken control. She's still got the party whip, actually, which many are saying isn't fair this morning. Um, and there are calls now for Rishi to absolutely denounce what he has said uh, and come out and address Islamophobia once and for all. And some very, very senior uh, figures in British politics and UK politics and in the House of Lords, a baroness actually has waded in to say this is a problem that must be tackled. Uh, but it's another kind of spat of war of words. Um, it kind of begs the question, they're so busy infighting all the time, you wonder if they ever do any work, politicians, especially in the year leading leading into a general election. But this is a big general election issue. It's a hot ticket here in the UK. It's a big Muslim population. So it remains to be seen where this row actually goes. Yeah, well, I'm really glad he didn't apologise. I say, if you're going to say something it's and you mean it, you probably shouldn't double back on it. Um, thank you, Gemma Cooper. I very much appreciate you. Uh, you'll be back next hour with uh, Sonia. And, of course, uh, back here tomorrow afternoon. Uh, thanks for joining us and look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Bye, Dean. All right, everyone, hang around. We're going to be talking to a military veteran. He was born in Austin, Texas, finds himself in the Ukraine at the moment. He's in Donetsk. And uh, we're going to be ch chatting to Russell Texas Bentley right after this break here at TNT. TNT's Alex Zaharoff-Royd. Now, we'll no doubt see many more such efforts arriving from all the major AI players, and it won't be long before some kid or anyone in their basement or bedroom is creating the next big TV or movie hit, disrupting TV and movie studios forever. Yes, direction and production will be issues, and there will be many amateurish attempts, but people won't just be making hit music at home anymore, but hit entertainment, all simply by asking AI models the right questions and then editing it all together. Talking Tech with Alex Zaharoff-Royd on today's News Talk TNT. The Irish government is proposing a law known as the Hate Speech Bill that threatens free speech. This law could have dire consequences for our democracy. This law will have uncertain effects on artistic and musical expression. Please support us. It could stifle the activity of public campaigning on political and civil issues and also curtail speech relating to topics about religion, ethnicity, sex and gender. You could even be jailed for possessing documents, cartoons or memes on your devices, even if you never read them or intended on sharing them. Mere possession could make you a criminal under this law. Help stop this law. Visit www freespeechireland.ie forward slash take action to bin the hate speech bill. It sounds really good. It's it like, sounds real, it's dude. Not bad, huh? This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 
Oh, it absolutely is. And it is my immense pleasure to introduce to you again, uh, Russell Texas Bentley, a military veteran who was born back in 1960 in Austin, Texas. He's a voracious reader. He grew up in the times of the Vietnam War and the civil rights movement. He served in the US Army from 81 to 84, but after NATO's attack on Yugoslavia, the Gulf War, 9-11 and the attacks of and in Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria and Libya, he saw that the regime change in Kiev uh, in 2014 was something that moved him. So he moved to Donetsk and joined the People's Militia against the Kiev regime. And I applaud him for his efforts. Russell Bentley, thanks for joining us again. My pleasure to be with you again, Dean. Thanks. Mate, and, and we, we, you did say it. And I said, how are you going? And you said, uh, mate, still here. And you literally are lucky, mate. You're in there where the fighting is. Apparently, you've just said, told me the shelling has really ramped up uh, since we last spoke. Where you are? Uh, yes. Um, the city of Avdiivka has been liberated by the Russian army just in the last uh, 10 days or so. And uh, every time that the Russian army has a major military victory on the battlefield, the Nazis, which is really all you can call them, and I'm talking about NATO and Ukraine, they respond by shelling civilians in the major cities of the DPR, which, of course, Donetsk is still very close to the front line. We're within artillery range. Uh, we've been bombed just in the last few days. They used a uh, U.S. HIMARS. They tried to blow up our main city library, which is, um, you know, of course, a place, a home of history and culture. Um, it's uh, a historical building. It's been around for over 100 years. And uh, they missed it by about two meters, man. I mean, and this is a high Mars missile. Uh, there was a huge crater in the uh, in the sidewalk right outside the library. <laughs> they bombed a restaurant that was having a wedding reception uh, just the other day, last night or the night before. Uh, they bombed uh, our main hospital. You know, uh, they bombed a market yesterday that that they bombed about a month ago and killed 25 innocent civilians. 25 wow. people at a market on a Sunday. Not one single soldier was hit. There wasn't any soldiers there. They intentionally, I mean, you know, these guys, they have drones, they have satellites, they know exactly what they're shooting at. And so, you know, this is uh, this is true terrorism, true terrorism, and that's what it is. And so it's very tough. I mean, uh, when you go out on the street, you really, you know, you have to think, wonder if you're going to be coming back alive or in a box. It sounds like they might have got Netanyahu in there as a military advisor of late. Sounds very much like what's happening over there, indiscriminate shelling, targeting civilians. That's exactly the right. And, you know, and I'll tell you something. Uh, after the October 7th uh, provocation or whatever it was with uh, Hamas and Israel, uh, within a couple of days, 2,000 active-duty Israeli soldiers left Ukraine on chartered planes from Borispol Airport in Kiev to go back to Israel to fight. I mean, so... You know, people wonder if there are, you know, you know, of course there's mercenaries here. That's proved beyond any any doubt. But there's also active duty military personnel, uh, obviously from Israel, but also from pretty much every NATO country. I mean, the yeah. NATO soldiers are the ones that are operating these, uh, you know, the high tech weapons like the Patriot missile, 
the high Mars missiles, the Cesar and the M777 uh, artillery. You know, so there, I mean, so it's already, it's a war of NATO against Russia, you know, pretending that it's Ukraine. But the thing to understand is that right now there's a NATO exercise called Steadfast Defender. And it, it's running through the end of May and it includes 90,000 NATO troops. 90,000. You know, 90, and uh, they've brought them in from the States. You know, they're taking uh, pre-positioned equipment out. And it's, uh, it's a very dangerous and serious situation because um, there are, the British have already said that what they, you know, they've already suggested that NATO troops come into Ukraine uh, as peacekeepers, so-called peacekeepers. And they say, well, we want to bring these NATO troops in, you know, but just to protect Kiev and Odessa and uh, the uh, western side, the western bank of the Dnieper River, which basically runs down the middle of Ukraine. But the thing about that is, you know, and it's like, oh, it's peacekeepers. What's wrong with that? Except 90,000 NATO troops come into Ukraine. up the rest of them, yep. And then that frees up 90,000 more for another uh, offensive against Donbass. Um, another thing that's very serious and important for people to understand is that yesterday, uh, the general staff of the U Russian military, um, they came out and they said, look, we know that the Ukrainians and NATO are, are making preparations to use chemical weapons on a massive scale in Ukraine. And uh, I mean, this came out yesterday. It's directly from, I mean, it's, you know, it's not like some blogger said it, a Lieutenant General of the, you know, strategic forces of the Russian military came out and said it. And that's really, really terrifying because, you know, and, it's been my thought all along that that was the plan. You know, when the NATO, you know, they keep saying, oh, we're, we don't have any more artillery shells. We're running out of our own weapons and like that. <clears throat> when you run out of conventional weapons, all you got left is unconventional weapons, which is nuclear, biological, and chemical. All three of which they've already used in this war. I, I, I I've, mean, said uh, I've, I've said it all along, you know, if this thing escalates, it won't be the likes of Vladimir Putin who escalates it. It will be the West, as always. Uh, you know, we like to think of ourselves as the good guys and the people. You know, the people of the West are terrific. Unfortunately, we have governments that are subservient to global interest, and uh, it's getting all too predictable. But, mate, as you suggest, this could literally lead to World War Three. I would imagine we'd get a lot of the BRICS nations joining in with Russia if that was to happen. And here, would they, they'd expect us to go and fight people who we probably agree with in principle and uh, send our kids off to fight wars. Hold that thought, uh, Russell Bentley. We've got to do a short news headlines and we'll be back. I've got a stack of questions for you uh, here at TNT back after this. Have you heard the news? The news, the news. Now, TNT Radio News. This is the news. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. NATO continues to fan the flames of war in Europe, declaring Ukraine will become a part of the Western military alliance, whether Russia likes it or not. It is not a question of if, but of when. Washington has condemned Israel's plans to build new settlements in the occupied West Bank. 
and an American soldier has set himself on fire outside the Israeli embassy in the US capital in protest of Washington's support for Tel Aviv's war in Gaza. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's news talk, TNT Radio. And welcome back to the program. Just listening to the news headlines. How horrific is it that, uh, you know, a fair income American uh, vet had to go, well, you know, decided to incinerate himself basically outside of an embassy just to say, the US government, you're doing the wrong thing. And I guarantee you, you know, the US government, people say they should tell Israel to go and do this and go and do that. I would suggest the opposite is the case and has been for quite a few decades. We are with Russell Texas Bentley. Uh, he's over there in Donetsk. He's uh, with the People's Militia. He's fighting against the Kiev regime. He's a terrific fella. Um, Russell, I just want to bring, you know, talk about what happened over in America. We had a couple of turncoats. John F. Kennedy would be rolling in his grave with his namesake, changing his mind for whatever reason, uh, putting pen to paper, approving one of many who uh, changed their minds, approved this funding bill, and now, you know, 91, what is it, 91, $93 billion from memory, and a lot of that will be going to the Ukraine. More weapons and more dead people. It's just horrific. Well, it's, uh, it goes to, I mean, in my opinion, the whole thing about holding up the funding bill was just a political theater all along, man. It was inevitable. I mean, $90 billion is a lot of money, especially considering how much uh, it's needed back home in the United States. But, you know, they've you can't even count how many billions they've already given. You know, this is, you know, this is a war of attrition, of extinction. And, you know, as, as, Victoria Newland and others have said, you know, it's it's a great investment for them to destroy the country of Ukraine, in which they really are doing. I mean, Ukraine is now basically a failed state. Millions of people have left. Um, you know, the infrastructure, the economy is deteriorating every day. I mean, so it's basically it's going to be like having, you know, a Somalia or an Afghanistan right on the Russian doorstep. And of course, that suits the global powers because at the end of that, they go in, they buy everything up for a song, they own everything. And I think that's probably the point. You know, it's all about money. It quite often is about money. It's also about NATO encroachment and how horrific that is. And don't forget, I mean, it was you that told me, I mean, this war, it's been going on since 2014 and the numbers, the attrition rate um, is what, would you say six, 700,000? Yeah, literally. I mean, and of course, the, um, you know, the losses on the Russian side, too, are also um, horrific. You know, I have a friend that works. Um, he's a soldier and he's one of the guys that recovers bodies and brings them to the morgue in Donetsk, soldiers' bodies. And uh, I met with him recently and <clears throat> the word that he used uh, was horrific, you know, to explain the number of losses on, on the Russian side, you know, I mean, but of course, because this is a very heavy war, you know, and I'll tell you something else about it, is it's a new type of warfare that's not ever been uh, experienced before because of drones. You know, uh, at the beginning of the special military operation during the 
uh, eight years before that, artillery um, accounted for about 70% of the uh, of the casualties. That's now being replaced by these uh, FPV kamikaze drones. I mean, everything that's done militarily now uses drones, whether it's an assault on a trench or a town, you know, whether it's uh, spotting artillery, you know, enemy artillery emplacements for artillery or uh, kamikaze drones to hit. I mean, so, you know, this is the first drone war and really uh, it's, you know, the uh, impact of drones on warfare is just now being uh, starting to be understood, you know, and, and, you know, where it can go from here. I mean, at this point, they're using maybe, you know, uh, a single drone or drones in pairs. One's a spotter and one's a killer. But soon will come the day when they're going to be using drones in swarms. You know, when they're going to send 100 drones with explosive warheads, perhaps, you know, chemical spray bottles. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like a nightmare. It's like from Terminator or something to think of the possibilities of what they can do with these uh, basically killer robots. Oh, it really is. I think anyone that wants to understand the swarm mentality, you know, you go out on a New Year's Eve down to Sydney Harbour now, they have a thing called a drone show with a thousand drones working in perfect unison. Imagine those with some sort of detonator or a gun or, a, you know, some sort of munitions attached. And they're just getting yeah. started with this stuff. And as you, you, and mate, you have taught me more in the last, you know, couple of weeks, and I've learned about this whole conflict in the last couple of years. And just what you said about how effective the artillery is now, because you've got the drone acting as a spotter. Oh, it's you know, ten feet off that way, and we know how accurate artillery is. And you were telling me it's up to what, like, eight, high eighty or ninety percent um, accuracy now because of the drones helping out. Exactly. I mean. Uh it used to be that you'd have to have somebody sneak behind the enemy lines and look with binoculars and radio back. And now they don't even have to say anything. The drones are hovering over and the guy, you know, the guy that's shooting the artillery is watching the drone camera too. And he doesn't even have to be told it's, you know, 10, 10 yards to the left. He can see it himself. He can accurately adjust the fire himself. So, I mean, uh, it's tough, man. Uh, the guys that are on the front lines now, um, you know, they, they, you know, they're, they're, they're heroes beyond imagination, you know I mean? Because if, if you go outside now on some of the frontline positions, you know, you're going to be observed by a drone, you know, and, and then it just depends on whether they can get something, you know, uh, uh, an attack drone there quick enough, you know, well, I mean, it's I really scary. A lot of things that we've said are all starting to make sense. They now need these 90,000 and, you know, inverted commas, peacekeepers to free up an equivalent number of fighters because they literally don't have any more people to draw from amongst their own population. The smart ones have already bailed. The the, the braver ones, or guess, or those who were dragged into it have been killed. So now here's this last ditch 
90,000 effort they're going to probably send to their death. We've got uh, reports of F-16s sitting there on tarmacs with nobody who can fly them. They must be getting so desperate at this point where they're going to try and put people in who are, as you suggested, mercenaries. I've seen the GoPro videos on a bunch of websites that you can go to, a bunch of the ones on the black web, if you will, uh, and you hear the accents. They're British. They're Israeli. They're uh, Australian. Plenty of Aussies over there. And yep. because of the devastating accuracy with, with the drones, you would have to be ludicrous to go over there for a dollar to fight that. You would only be over there fighting if your heart is in it, if your soul is in it, because I wouldn't be doing that just for a dollar or a thrill. The only people over there fighting are people that are fair dinkum and honest on your side and people who have been dragged into it on the other side. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's really a war, not just of NATO against Russia, but of evil against the future of humanity. That's what I it agree. is. I mean, since 2015, you know, I was saying that, you know, what we're doing here, the people of Donbass defending themselves, is trying to prevent the Third World War. You know, and we tried for 10 years. Russia came in to help us, but uh, it looks like it's going to be inescapable because, you know, I'm, I'm almost certain that they're going to be using uh, unconventional weapons, prohibited weapons, and then... You know, once uh, once they do that, all bets are off, you know. Well, I'll tell you and what, mate, they're going to find out very, very quickly because as we've learned, if, if you don't care about women and children, if you don't care what people think of you or if you're desperate and uh, Netanyahu's showing you how much you can accomplish in a very short period of time, uh, you know, there's Putin. He's been There's been very few civilian casualties. He's been very careful. He's mindful of the international eyes on of the media on him. I think he's a fair dinkum, um, you know, a good leader. But if they go and push him too far and, and he opens up, mate, there's going to be hell to pay and it will not end well for any of us, one might imagine. But certainly that war will be brought to a, a very quick conclusion one way or another. And they're too stupid to know when to stop pushing. That's the problem of these people. It's just they're just too stupid to know when to stop. Well, you have to be careful when you talk about politicians being stupid because you know, what they say means nothing, but what they do means says everything. Does. So the other possibility, it's not that they're stupid, it's that they're doing it on purpose. Absolutely. And, mate, you don't just know it, you feel it in your bones. Russell, Texas yeah. Bentley, I think you're terrific. I think you're a very brave individual. I applaud everything that you do, mate, and I wish you all the best and, and health and longevity, safety, all those things. And please, uh, can we talk again soon? All right, anytime, Dean. Thank you very much for having me on. Good luck, you guys. Thank you. He's a true champion. He really is a champion, Phil, and I consider myself very lucky to have him on my program. Uh, we've got Tony Maddox, the man who insulted the Rainbow Serpent. And unfortunately, I couldn't get a hold of the Rainbow Serpent. He has declined to comment. So it may be a one-way conversation between Tony Maddox and myself here at TNT right after this. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Last November, you may remember that uh, U.S. women's soccer star Megan Rapinoe was playing in her last game ever. And just a few minutes into the game, she went down with a non-contact injury. After the game, she claimed that her injury was proof that there is no God. I'm not a religious person or anything. And if there was a God, like, this is proof that there isn't. This is <laughs> up. Um, so, yeah, it just, it's just f***. <laughs> 
because... Appearing last week on a podcast called Pablo Torre Finds Out, she mocked Christians who didn't get the joke that she was telling. Somebody needs to check on the Christians. They're not okay. They also <laughs> missed the whole joke, but okay. Well, that's the thing is that... I'm like, you guys missed it? Don't act like, A, you're surprised by me like making this joke about right. what happened or, you know, finding a dig. I'm like, yeah, I want to find a funny like dig. I don't know. Yes. Is it, who's it at? God, myself, wait, religion, wait, the world? I don't know. I'm the like, dig was funny. at yourself, too, because <laughs> yeah. it was. I don't think people appreciated this because everyone was deeply triggered. Um <laughs> religiously and otherwise. I say goodbye and good riddance to the woman who, for years, mocked our national anthem and now has mocked God. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT. Anticipate potential delays for the morning commute. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth... Freedom of the press is about your right to know. What are you talking about, man? Look at his stats. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. The conversation continues with Dean Mackin on today's News Talk TNT Radio. And welcome back. Thanks to those in the online chat. Having a ball in there, Sonia Fulton coming up at the end of my my program. And uh, Sonia, uh, thank you, Sonia, saying great show, Dean. She's absolutely phenomenal. So make sure you keep tuned in. And then Abby Roberts um, after Sonia. Now, don't, be, don't miss out on a thing. Be sure to download the TNT Radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily watch or listen to us live from anywhere, anytime. It's available right now to download. And we're keeping you up to date. We're right here at TNT where we have the best guest. Now, I was going to make this a debate, but the rainbow serpent didn't return my calls. I've done everything. I contacted my mate, the flying spaghetti monster. Uh, didn't have the number, lost the number. I think it was an ex-boyfriend or something. And uh, Tony Maddox, I'll tell you about Tony Maddox. He's a terrific fella. He's out. He's a real estate agent. He lives out 2J Way in Western Australia. Now, he's been accused by the state's Aboriginal Cultural Heritage Act, or under that, of disrupting an Indigenous rainbow serpent. You may know one. You may have dated one. Uh, dreaming, sorry, dreaming side. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose it at some point during this. Uh, dreaming side by constructing a waterway across his property. So there, he's got a path. The water keeps washing it away. It's his property. He owns the deeds. He builds a bridge over it. And now, Tony, you've gone and done it. You've pissed off the rainbow serpent. Are you ashamed of yourself? Dean, I, I uh, haven't been able to find him yet to apologise to him, but I'm doing my damnedest. Not a pond for him to swim around in, but I still can't find him. I'm looking. <laughs> well, I, I, I think he, everything he could possibly have asked, or she, I don't know, the sex of this rainbow serpent, but you seem genuinely 
remorseful. And, mate, this whole thing, it's absolutely gone nuts. And, of course, if this uh, um, gets a result for the people that have advocated for it, uh, it could set a precedent and these laws yeah. could be twisted and turned to absolutely just wreck WA, mate, they had a crack at it before. They wound it back a couple of notches, but we see it. It's getting bigger. It's getting yep. better. Now, the one thing that I really remembered was you've got some mates who are local Indigenous elders. Yes. You've invited them out to the property. They've had yes. a look around. They yes. found it to be totally respectful in yep. all, all ways, shapes and forms. And I think they suggested to you, correct me if I'm wrong in words that we probably can't repeat here, that it was probably a couple of white fellas who uh, who have pushed for this, not some Indigenous people. I did. Um, I had one of our local uh, elders' sons suggest to me the other day at the local watering hole that... Um, Hey, Tone, I reckon these white blokes that are prosecuting you, not us black ones. I said, no, mate, you're dead right. It's not you guys. It's a couple of white prosecutors that uh, took offence of what I've done. And again, it goes up through the entire department and they decided to prosecute rather than educate. I just, I just don't understand the heavy-handedness of the department when every single local elder that I've spoken to, I've had them out to have a look at the crossing that I put in. They've all said what a wonderful job I've done. Um, and I've asked them, have they been consulted? Not one, none. Like the department who works for these guys hasn't consulted the local elders at all. And I'm just, I'm flabbergasted that a government department could be so inefficient and so inappropriate. I just don't get it. But it really is horrific because at the heart of this, you know, are their, their belief system. And if yes. you're not con contacting the people who actually may or may not believe that, and you're yeah. going to put a bunch of people assuming that that might be the case, I mean, I think that's a bit of a far more than a stretch. So there you are one day going about your business, it's a regular day, what happens? Yeah. The phone rings or a couple of people knock at the door? What, <laughs> explain what happened. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd, I'd already built the crossing. The crossing's been there for 70 years. So I just repaired it. I made it better over the years and better and better and better. And I kept washing away each year. So I'd add more rocks and gravel. It's a typical farmer's crossing, what they call a culvert crossing, which uh, every farmer in Western Australia uses, every farmer in Australia uses. Put a culvert pipe in, put some gravel over the top and a few rocks around it, and that's the way you can get in and out of your paddock uh, all year round, you know, without it you can't. So I kept making this one a slightly bigger and bigger over the years until it was trafficable in all weather and put a concrete tossing topping over the top. So it didn't matter what the creek did, the creek can rise over it and flow straight down the creek and it doesn't erode the crossing. It's the first time in all these years I've owned the property where I can actually access my house and my without any worries at all. I can drive straight across the crossing. In doing that, I thought, well, while I'm here, I will I will dig out all the silt that came down off the range behind me, which was overgrazed. I dug the silt out of the creek and brought the creek back to what it was, a really nice creek. The creek is now, um, I pump water into the creek on a daily basis now from a bore, and I brought it back to a little, I made it what they call a wildlife sanctuary there, and the creek now, instead of being a silted up sandbar, is now a deep water creek with turtles and fish and all the wildlife, the ducks and the birds and everything 
to come back. It's like it was 100 years ago. I said to one of our local elders, I tried to get it back to where it was before we destroyed it. There's no question. I mean, our farming practices over the years have destroyed a lot of the nature. I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, so what I'm trying to do is getting it back to where it was 100 years ago, and I think I've succeeded. Uh, and uh, suddenly um, in comes the Department of Planning, Lands and Heritage and said, you've broken an act an act which I had no knowledge of at all. And that flabbergasts me. I've been here for 40 years in this little town. I've run some real estate here for 33 of those years. If anyone should know anything about an act that affects properties, it would be me after all these years, for God's sake, and I knew nothing about it. So I asked them, I asked the department, so how do you educate the West Australian rural public of your existence? You know their answer to my question? I'd love to know. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you to ring us and ask us permission. I said, oh, wow. oh, oh my God, I give up. <laughs> Effectively, though, Dean, if this, is, this gets through, if this actually gets through and I'm found guilty, then every farmer in Western Australia is guilty of exactly the same crime and we'll all go to jail and share jail cells together, I guess. Without being able to cross our creeks, we simply can't farm. It's simple as that. You can't get your header across the creek. You can't get your tractors across the creek. You can't get your boom spray across the creek. You can't do anything without their express permission. That express permission is the interesting part too, and um, that that's had a bit of a turn in the last four years. So prior to that, the Avon River and its uh, the Swan River all were all a site an ID number. Four years ago, they introduced a, a committee meeting and in that committee meeting, they decided all the tributaries should be part of the same number. And good on them. They just didn't tell anyone. And I <laughs> I can't tell you, but we did have this out in court the other day. We haven't finished our court. Unfortunately, I go back on the 6th of March to find out whether I'm guilty or not. Um, if I'm guilty, fine. Well, they, cop, they throw a big fine at me and I pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in court fees and God knows what else, and the rest of farmers in Western Australia may as well shut up shop and go and try and farm over east maybe. I don't know, can't farm here. Um, it's a it's going to be a landmark decision for us all in Wheatbelt, Western Australia, I can tell you that. I, well, absolutely. They've certainly picked the wrong person to set a precedent <laughs> by. A, you've done all the right things and if I was an ind Indigenous person, and I'm friends with plenty of them, plenty of yep. them, um, I would be like, what a terrific guy. He's doing everything that our elders would appreciate, yep. you know, that our those who came before us would want yep. returning the land to its natural state. And not just have they picked on the wrong person because of that, but you're a guy who will fight. You won't succumb. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to no. just cop it. And no. mate, is there a way, have you got some sort of go fund me or something? Cause, no. mate, because because this was set a precedent, everybody should be getting on and contributing to uh, yeah. your legal fund because it may be their legal fund, um, if not down the track. Yeah. Yeah, good on you, buddy. I have got a GoFundMe page going now. If you look it up on GoFundMe, just type in Tony Maddox on GoFundMe, you'll find me. And and it's it's interesting, you know. Um, I'm I'm quite humbled by the people that have helped. There, people with no money at all giving me a hundred dollars, and people with you know. One lady sent me this email the other day. Breaks your heart. She had $105 left from her weekly shopping and she sent it to my GoFundMe page. She said, well done, Tone. This is a fight worth fighting for. You know, and I thought, wow, mate, it 
gets you in here. You know, you think, wow, these are real people, real Aussies, real battlers who are helping this little battler here to hopefully win a case against the state government of Western Australia and hopefully for all our farmers in WA. We've got to see common sense. We've got to get to the stage where, as one of my elders said the other day, Tone, we don't want you prosecuted. That's silly. That's just driving a bigger wedge between you and us. I said, mate, I 100% agree with you, and I don't take it personally. It's not your you against me. It's your department who aren't asking you guys what we should do and what we shouldn't do. It's a complete lack of due diligence by the Department of Planning, Lands and Heritage. That's all it is. If they had to simply ask our local elders, the elders would have said he's done a wonderful job. What are you doing? Leave him alone. You know, it's it's disappointing that a government department could be so unattached from the actual public, but I don't think it's the only government department that's unattached from the, the public in uh, our current government. And Tony, you've got to ask, what the hell is going on in WA? You could, uh, you know, oh. you could argue after the COVID nonsense. Oh. Uh, you know, we had Victoria was the most ridiculous. Yeah. WA was a close second, really close second. <laughs> and when it comes to this stuff that we're talking about now, you guys are so far out in front, it, it's not even funny. <laughs> Whilst I did begin this interview with a bit of levity, that was simply to uh, put some shade, some contrast yeah. on, on what's going on and just how serious it actually is, the amount of money, the consequences, no. that the ramifications that could onflow from this if we don't get the correct result and we need to hit this on the head ASAP. Yeah. You're dead right, Dean. I, 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 I don't like to. If I was guilty of anything, I'm the I'm 71 years old. If I'm guilty, I'll put my hand up and say I'm guilty, Your Honour. No problems at all. This is my own farm that I own. It's my own land that I own and paid for. And suddenly, I find an Aboriginal Heritage Act running right through the middle of it. I mean, dissects the farm. So without crossing the creek, I can't even get to my house and my sheds. Like I, I'm, 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 I actually had to ask them permission the other day if I could get a semi-trailer across with some blue metal on for the driveways and stuff. And because the semi-trailer guy said, Tony, I'm not driving across here. I don't want to be involved in the court case. So I had to send an email to the department to say, would it be all right if I got a contractor to drive the semi and the dog across to dump some blue metal for me so I can spread it around the driveways? And they said, oh, well, we don't restrict that, Mr Maddox. So I said, well, in your own regulations, you do. And I, have I got five seconds to read them to you, buddy? Yeah, mate, you've got another couple of minutes, yeah. Yeah, good. Oh, well, I'll read you. And this will astound you. I mean, there's legislation and then there's subsidiary legislation attached to that legislation. I've had to become a bit of a lawyer now. It's, there is activities under Regulation 10. Now, there are activities that you are allowed to do and aren't allowed to do in a heritage act, in a heritage place, a site or a place. And I'll read off my glasses on because I'm getting older. You can't alter, damage or destroy any notice, bent, shelter, grill, cutting, drain, protective work or other thing the registrar and any officer of the department has or cause to be constructed. So if they put a sign up or a boundary fence, you're not allowed to touch it. But the interesting bit is, here we go, section B, you can't dig any hole or otherwise disturb the surface of the ground or remove or disturb any stone, soil, sand, rock or gravel or any other natural object. In other words, I can't plant trees along my creek line. I'll put it's two thousand in so It really far. is crazy, yeah. <laughs> 2,000 trees will be planted. I'm in trouble for them. You watch. You can't cut, pick, pull, break, remove, take, injure, poison, strip or destroy any tree, shrub, herb, grass or any other plant or part thereof with a living or dead. 
Well, I've been in the creek and I've poisoned all the spiny rush out of the creek with the blessing of the um, Wheatbelt Natural Resource Management because I'm trying to bring the creek back to what it was. And by just doing that and taking those, uh, those noxious weeds out of my creek, I've broken their act again. The other crazy thing is the map of their acts, of their, their uh, site that they claim to have, goes into my cropping paddock. And that's simply now I found out, and I asked them at one of their meetings, I said, guys, your um, heritage map shows the creek zone, the, uh, the site, running into my cropping paddock. Now, I've currently cropped it for oats, so it's got an oats crop in it. So when can I expect you to come out and bale it, cut it and bale it for me or for you because it's your oats now because it's in your area and I'm not allowed to go in your area because it says I'm not allowed to drive, tow, operate or park any vehicle. So I can't even go into my own cropping paddock and take my own crop off anymore without your express permission. Something not right with this act, I would suggest. Tony, it's not just not right, it's all kinds of wrong. It is absolutely ludicrous. Hey, let, let's hope that, you know, we're talking in a month's time and we're having a bit of a laugh over the whole thing and we've oh. set a precedent, you know, for common sense and reality. Yes. And, I mean, it's I, I could go into hypocrisy. I could go into land that was given to Aboriginals, that was sold yeah. to private interests. I wonder where the rainbow serpent was then. Mate, yeah. lo lots of stories. Tony Maddox, get on his GoFundMe page. Tony, M-A-D-D-O-X, people, get on there. Donate some money if you can because this is a fight for common sense and what's right in Australia. Tony Maddox, thanks for joining us.